All right. What are we? Episode 113? Mm-hmm. Yep. Our lucky 13. Mm-hmm. 100 episodes passed. Very nice. Now, you know, on the cabin here, which, by the way, my name's Eric Paulson. I'm Susan Foch. I'm Audio Dave. And we're all here uh, with our guest today, Andy Riggs, and we'll tell Yo. you more about him coming up. He's a radio guy, but I'm not going to do all the radio stuff we did last time we had a radio guy on. <laughs> oh, the October episode? Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit of it. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, most of the time on these topics here, we're talking about things like old fashions and pizzas and fun things to do like hikes and just kind of active but still kind of relaxing things and Mm -hmm. this time we're just we're tearing the roof off the sucker (laughs) and going all adrenaline i feel like we should have done like jumping jacks or something to get get our blood pressure up for this episode i was trying but then we've been sitting for the last 10 minutes (laughs) we also kind of failed at the fact that we had lunch right before this yeah we've got kind of the chipotle uh (laughs) can i mention who he ate we did (laughs) (laughs) we did all the wrong things before this episode. It's true. We'll have to do them all afterwards, I guess. But we'll be all pumped up about it because mm-hmm. we're talking about just adrenaline junkie fun activities mm-hmm. you can do in Wisconsin. And that's everything from ski Ooh. jumping to zip lining to jumping out of an airplane. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And that is why we have our guest here today. Someone I've known for a long time, uh, worked with him in radio, and he loves jumping out of airplanes. <laughs> true. And so we'll be diving, uh, no pun intended, into skydiving, and a lot more. So keep it right here. Chug some high-caffeinated beverages. (laughs) Get ready. Eat sugar, whatever you need to do, because it is an adrenaline-fueled episode on this episode of The Cabin. All right, The Cabin is powered by the Wisconsin Counties Association, and this week we're featuring Douglas County, way up there in the northwest corner of the state, part of the Duluth-Superior Metropolitan Statistical Area, named after Stephen Douglas. You ever heard of him? Ever heard of yeah. Lincoln-Douglas debates? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> was the, he was the Douglas to the Lincoln, All right. former Illinois senator. Uh, I know Frederick oh, Douglas. Are they related? Uh, no. <laughs> but they probably stood on the same side. <laughs> Who's your favorite Douglas? Things. Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> who is your favorite Douglas? That's a good one. It's also home Teach to... Teach me how to Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. Oh. Glad you did. We're going off the Thank rails you. big time already. Already. Uh, it's home to Wisconsin's highest waterfall, which is Big Manitou Falls in Patterson State Park. A lot of great state parks up there. Uh, Superior, of course, the county seat, which is part of the Twin Ports. The largest port on the Great Lakes and the largest inland port and the most inland port in the world that handles international shipping. Hmm. We also have the St. Croix National Scenic Riverway, which goes... South towards the Gulf, the subcontinental divide, and then to the north you have the Brule River, which was known as the River of Presidents, because for many decades in the early 20th century, a lot of presidents, that would be their escape place. They'd mm-hmm. go there, they'd fish. You'd love it, Audio Dave. Yeah. And uh, and if you love beef jerky, remember, you know, feed your wild side, mm-hmm. right? And again, they're not a sponsor. I don't know why I'm doing that for them. <laughs> yep. But Jack Link's Meats is based in Douglas County in Solon Springs, right along US 53. So hmm. you can check that out. And if you love good craft beer, Earthrider Brewery and the Thirsty Pagan are both in Superior. And by the way, Vikings fans, your favorite coach, Bud Grant, grew up in Superior. Hmm. So hmm. we even have, when the Vikings are good, it's because of Wisconsin people. Just have to rub that <laughs> yep. in. All right. <laughs> And The Cabin is also presented this week, as always, by WCA Group Health Trust, a trusted health benefit partner assisting Wisconsin counties, municipalities, and school districts throughout Wisconsin. And this month, they're reminding our listeners that March is National Nutrition Month. And of course, we're trying to shine a light on that, you know, despite all of our fried food episodes and, 
you know. Jeez, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm not talking about you personally. We, get, we are all guilty of really like honing in on some of the the less healthy restaurants that make yeah. Wisconsin so great. I'm not hating on them. I'm just I, saying I get people we gotta, come up no, to me. No, I mean, that's definitely a slight on me as like, organizing episode lineups <laughs> no but i get people who come up to me and go hey you're the guy who eats on tv <laughs> yeah so it's I'm you know we're guiltier just, than most we're just falling in line with uh mm. you know well we love our fish fries and all that Absolutely. kind of stuff doesn't mean you can't eat healthy the mm-hmm. rest of the time mm-hmm. yeah and of course i mean as we approach spring and then summer we're gonna be looking to be eating healthier you know you're when you're eating outside you want more fruits and veggies and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um, speak for yourself but okay <laughs> i don't know no, it's good but you you do eat healthier and lighter because you're more you active yeah yeah exactly. well it's also i think a temperature thing i mean today was still a little chilly and i told dave i was really in the mood for soup <laughs> he absolutely looked at me like i was a psychopath <laughs> i don't know what it is about soup i'm just never like mm, yeah Soup is what I want. <laughs> so you are not into that Seinfeld episode is what you're telling me. No, okay. no soup for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bottom line is it's really easy to eat healthy now because the, when you learn about cooking with spices and you learn about some good substitutes, some easy swaps you can make, it's actually, it's really easy to cut several hundred calories out and still enjoy everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you, if you just look into little things like that, you don't have to make wholesale changes because that's no fun. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of taking steps towards those healthier eating habits can make a big difference with your wellness and your ability to get out and explore Wisconsin. You can find more wellness tips at WCAGHT.org. WCA Group Health Trust, your partner in health. Ooh, the campfire's lit. We can started we... just lighting it without the, prompting it. but Right. And the, <laughs> and the planes are gearing up. Yep. <laughs> you <laughs> mean... <laughs> I, I know, I know that was a transition, right? I was trying to go off of the idea of the sound. Yes. If I failed, whatever. Carrying people up in planes who are going to voluntarily jump out. Yes, I oh see that. All right, we're talking about adrenaline today, and let's face it: if you're eating heavy comfort foods, you can't do much with adrenaline stuff because you're weighed down. So that's another reason you yeah, eat healthy, there you right? Go. There you go. So uh, for this episode, and particularly talking about one of the adrenaline flowing activities, I'd like to introduce formally now Andy Riggs. Hi, Hello, Andy. What up? You may know him as Riggs and Alley Morning Show. He's half of the Riggs and Alley Morning Show on 103.7 KISS FM, the number one hit music station, which I worked at for about 15 years. Hmm. And so we worked together, never on the exact same show, but we did a lot of bleary-eyed back and forth in the studio. Oh, it's morning already? (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, you've been on there for how long now? God, that's... I've been a KISS for nine years. Man. Crazy how much years. time flies. That's and the longest I've ever been at a job, by the way. <laughs> That's an impressive Nine feat years. in radio, actually. It is. It really so. is. And speaking of impressive feats, one of the things you do, I mean, you, you've, you, you, know, you obviously do radio. One of your favorite activities when you're not on the air is to get up in the air <laughs> and jump through the air yeah. back onto terra firma. <laughs> yeah. You are a skydiving, I'd call you a skydiving expert. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm an instructor. Well, there you go. Uh, I mean, I've advanced. I've advanced to the level that I have an. I have an instructor status. I have a D license, which is probably the highest rating level you can achieve in skydiving. Very mm. cool. I would so, call you an expert for that. Yeah, absolutely. and it's also exactly who I would want taking me out of a plane safely for the very first time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you asked me how many skydives I've had. It, I've had 703 skydives, which oh sounds my. like a lot. 
but I jump with people that have done 30, 40,000 skydives. So wow. what? Man, I've, people that I jump with have done 8,000 skydives, 10,000 skydives. They do it all the time. Oh, that is crazy. <laughs> See, one of, my, one of my favorite sayings was, if at first you don't succeed, then skydiving is not for you. <laughs> but skydiving, you know, it sounds like the most dangerous thing possible. Nah. But it is amazing how with, you know, the proper, you know, safety precautions and, and activities and everything, uh, it's unbelievably safe and an unbelievable rush. So, you know, Andy, why don't you take us through what it's like if you've never been skydiving before, what, you know, what do you have to do to get involved for it? How do you, where do you go? What's the experience like? Just kind of take us through like audio wise, take us through a dive. <laughs> sure. Well, there's two types of skydivers you would like to be you could be just the casual you want to go for the experience for a tandem skydive that's just like a one and done type thing that's what my wife did mm -hmm. we both went we uh we bought on groupon uh <laughs> two scan two tandem skydives so <laughs> we both went we landed and she was like Ch -ch -ch done bucket list and i was like <laughs> i have to do this every day for the rest of my life <laughs> and you said the opposite <laughs> so there's tandem there's tandem skydives like that which anybody over the age of 18 can do as long as you're you know in healthy shape uh, there are some weight restrictions, like you can't be over 250. That's not discriminatory. That's just for safety for the equipment and everything because you are in a harness and you are. there are some forces that are experienced when you open the parachute. So we want to be as safe as we can. So there are some restrictions as far as that. But, I mean, we've had 80-year-old people go skydiving. We've had 95-year-old <laughs> people go skydiving. You know, people ended well into their – we had a 100-year-old person go skydiving before. Wow. Uh, we've <laughs> taken, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. So really anybody, it doesn't matter your age. Uh, you can enjoy a, a skydive. It's very, very, very safe. And the equipment they have now, the harness actually is is fit so that you don't get any sort of uh, blood restriction or anything like that. Back in the day, you mm -hmm. would get like a lot of people in the front passenger seat, like the, we call it the seat, who are, <laughs> was in our front in front of us uh, would kind of pass out because they were so tight, cinching up the, the straps and everything. But that's been changed. And it's been for years much safer than it was in the past. So there's tandem skydiving, and then there's solo skydiving. If you wanted to be a solo skydiver, you have to go through a program called Accelerated Freefall, AFF, and that's 25 skydives. And the first several jumps, you're with it in, with two instructors. So you have two people holding on to you when you leave the aircraft. So you're stable, and you're not flopping all over the place. <laughs> and they make sure that you're, you know, calm and relaxed and in control of your own self. And you pull your parachute, and you make it down to the ground safe, and you have a walkie-talkie on you, and they can kind of tell you when to turn tell you where to go, make sure that you make it back to the airport. Um, and then you slowly get less instructors attached to you and you're just kind of jumping on your own by the time you get to 18, 19, 20 jumps. So once you're at 25, you take an exam, you can show that you're not going to kill yourself or someone else and you're licensed to skydive, wow. which is pretty cool. Which is what you did. Yes, I did it at... Um, when we were together at, no, I don't think we were together in, uh, at iHeart, did we? No. No, we just missed each other. We did. Yep. Well, iHeart is where I got my start because at iHeart, I was able to do an endorsement with Skydive Milwaukee in East Troy, Wisconsin. So that's how it started. And mm. that's how it started because they did a whole program and I was able to do a trade out where I produced an entire YouTube series of getting your skydiving license, jumps oh. one through 25 as much as I could. And I put those all on YouTube and they gave me my license for free. And that was able, and I was able to get kind of into the sport easier that way. Um, skydiving can get kind of expensive on the front end because you have to buy your equipment Helmets, parachutes. It's two parachutes you jump with. You have a main and a reserve. You have something in there called an automatic activation device, an AAD. That's there in case you get knocked unconscious and you don't pull your parachute. It activates your reserve for you. It's kind of a safety backup backup. 
Mm-hmm. But once you have all your equipment, your helmet, your goggles and everything, you can probably get a good used parachute for four grand, maybe, something like that. Oh, but so once you have it, they're not cheap. it's $25 for a skydive. Wow. No, no. But how much can you put a price on your life, though? It saves no. your life every I mean, time you use it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's right? no holes in that used parachute. Yeah, yeah. you got to inspect no. that carefully. <laughs> I thought if I wanted a new or a used one, I'd rather have a used one because you know it's proven to work. Would you want to be a guinea pig on a brand new parachute? No. That's well, it depends on the That's circumstances. Yes. Why is it being sold? Why it's on the used market. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> Parachute for sale. Used once. Never opened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that was dark. Okay. So, yeah, just It was technical. dark, right? So there's, there's tandem jumping and there's solo jumping. This kind of depends on which way you want to go. A lot of people just do one like my wife did. She's actually done a couple more since then. Once I got my certification to be a tandem instructor so I can actually strap you to my chest, she was the first person that I took hmm. uh, on a jump. So. Well, wasn't she excited cool. to be a guinea pig? <laughs> she was. Well, I had taken a couple people before okay. and had some, some incidents, but I got, I got all that out of the way. <laughs> okay. So when the plane, you know, plane takes off, how high does it go before it's jump time? What's, what's the range? Um, minimum exit altitude for a tandem skydive is 5,500 feet. But that's not fun because you're basically jumping and pulling your parachute. So mm-hmm. most skydiving places will take you to about 14,000 feet. That's about as high as you can go before you start needing supplemental oxygen and then you get hypoxic and that's just not wow. fun for anybody. Yeah, that would not be good. So you don't want to pass out. No, not good at all. So <laughs> That's a wide range though. I mean, so anywhere from a mile high to like two and three quarter miles high. It's usually about 14,000 feet. So Wow. You, you're, you get there, you gear up, we get you in your harness, you walk out to the airplane. It's about a 15-minute ride up to altitude to 14,000 feet. Uh, once we get you all hooked up and situated in the aircraft, it's you know moving your way towards the door, and then you exit the airplane. you got about 60 seconds of free fall. Once the parachute opens, then you've got – it gets really quiet. It's really nice after <laughs> that because you get the rush of the air while you're in free fall. It feels like you're floating. It's amazing. And then uh, once you pull your parachute, you've got another probably five- to seven-minute parachute ride back down to the ground. And you're back on Earth and you, you do it again or you go home and say you've done it. You're done with it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, the whole process could take you anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. Or if it's a really busy summer day, it could be a couple hours when you're waiting. But uh, hmm. I would plan on at least a half a day if you're planning on going skydiving in the busy summer season. But the literal part where you leave the plane and you're in air, that's just five minutes? Oh, like the free fall? Yeah, the free fall. Well, the, the free falls about the a free minute. fall is sixty seconds. Mm. Oh. Free falls about a minute. It's the parachute right afterwards that's five or seven minutes. Yeah, that's just kind oh, okay. of cruising down mm. very lightly, gently. Interesting. You're not falling as fast, but you get great views of Wisconsin. Wisconsin is beautiful. Oh yeah. Yes. And when you're in free fall, see, I've been up in a hot air balloon to about eleven hundred feet, which is obviously chicken feed <laughs> compared <laughs> to a skydive. And it is interesting because you don't feel the wind. You're kind of with the wind, I guess, when you're up there. Yeah. So you don't notice it, and it's very peaceful. When you're free-falling, it's, you said it, it kind of feels like you're floating, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And the wind's got to be buffeting you around. It does a little bit. I've jumped out of a hot air balloon, too. Oh, you've jumped out of a... <laughs> I have, yeah. It was amazing. Cool. Wow. <laughs> it went to, went to 5,000 feet, jumped out of a hot air balloon, yeah. Oh it God. does, wow. it, it feels like you're just floating. And I know this is all about adrenaline and, you know, high, high, high blood pressure, high heart rate and everything, but... <laughs> Skydiving actually calms me down. Hmm. <laughs> I guess well, when you're that used to it, that would make sense. You're truly getting away from it all. Well, it is. And it's the only thing that I've ever done where you're only focused on that one thing. You can't think about anything else. Sure. Well, you're, all you're point. thinking about is opening your parachute. Mm-hmm. I can't worry about bills. I can't worry about my job. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything else. 
is the only time in life when you're literally focused on just the moment. You can truly be 100% present in the moment. You can't be distracted because your life's on the line. Wow. That, that's a that's, good point. That's scary and relaxing at the same time. It's such an <laughs> odd thing yeah, to think is. about. But when once you're in that period, because you don't have a lot of control over things when you're free falling, you know, nature will sure decide what they're going to do with you. But once you pull that parachute, now that's a steerable parachute, right? So you can aim for oh, yeah. a specific landing space and everything, right? There's people I jump with that can land on a dinner plate at a field. <laughs> I mean, they can land with amazing accuracy. Wow. I can land in the field if you tell me to land in the field. <laughs> That's about my level of accuracy. And you can actually control your body a lot more than you think in the, in the air in free fall, Eric. There's, mm. there's a lot of different disciplines. You can be on your belly. You can be uh, head down flying. You can be feet down flying or sit flying or stand positions. Hmm. It's kind of like the people you see in the wind tunnels, like the, oh, the, wind, yeah. the indoor skydiving. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. That's where people train. And once you learn to kind of control your body with the wind, you can control your body speed. Uh, your fall rates, uh, you can you can control it a lot more than you think once you get used to it. But initially, it's just you're like, wow, wow. Yeah, you're flailing. <laughs> Nuts. So speaking of those chambers, do you ever go in those? And does that kind of scratch the same itch? Or yeah. is the whole like scenery around you part of the experience that you just can't replicate? Can't replicate it. I mean, it feels a little bit the same. And it's great because you get a full 60 seconds of a skydive. Hmm. sometimes more, sometimes two minutes of free fall time. So you get a lot more and you don't have to worry about the ground rushing towards you. You don't have to worry about the element of perhaps death, if you, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> so, Cause you're in, you're in a tube, but uh, it's, it's great for training and it's great for anyone that wants to kind of experience it for the first time before they take that leap. But I think if you want to do a skydive, just do a skydive because it's going to cost you the same amount of money and the experience is amazing and it's incredibly safe. Last year, 2021, the USPA, that's the United States Parachute Association, reported the safest year of skydiving in history. Hmm. In history. Like, they've had the, the lowest amount of fatalities because every, the equipment is so safe. Uh, people are a lot more vigilant. Uh, safety is the number one concern in the skydiving community because we, we're not just a bunch of lunatics out there jumping out of airplanes <laughs> thinking, ah, we don't have a will to yeah. live. You know, we're just reckless, <laughs> you know, adrenaline junkies, which we are, but everybody's very vigilant. We're all look out for each other. I've, you know, noticed mistakes and packing of other people. I'll see someone's gear is out of place. Hey, something's hanging out. Something's not connected right. Everybody looks out for one another. I mean, it's very safety first sport. Quite the community too. And so when you're, when you're on that parachute and you're enjoying the view, there's, there's a certain way you're supposed to land, right? I've seen things where people, it looks like they're starting to kind of run just above the ground a little bit. And when they get on the ground, they kind of just yeah. run out some of that energy. Some people say you're supposed to land and just kind of lay your body down with the ground. Yeah. I've heard the PFL parachute landing fall. So PLF, you can avoid yeah. TBL, which they call two broken legs. <laughs> uh, but is there a standard <laughs> yes, way of doing it? TBL. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> I've heard of a PLF. Yeah. But, I think it was uh, from Mad Magazine or something it's... back in the day. So. <laughs> You've got two toggles that you use to control it, and they're attached to the back of the parachute. And when you pull down on both of those, it creates lift. Uh, so right before you land, you do what's called a flare. So I pull both of those toggles down, and it kind of lifts me up a little bit, and I can just walk off the landing. Or you can slide in on your butt if you want to. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's totally acceptable. As long as you, know, you don't go home in an ambulance, yeah. you can land however you want to. <laughs> okay. So it kind of sounds like that last part is like almost like when a, when a plane lands and it throws on some of the reverse thrusters. Yeah. To kind of help with slowing down. It's pretty much what it's like. Similar to that, huh? It's more like the flaps on the wing when you see it land, how the flaps go down on the plane, mm -hmm. on the wing, because that mm -hmm. slows down the plane. It does the same thing. It just pulls down flaps in the back of my parachute and slows me <laughs> down. So. 
What's been your experience with people that have been, you know, essentially strapped to you? You know, are most people really calm and chill? Have some really freaked out? Uh, do some have involuntary bad body reactions? What, what, what have, what's your experience <laughs> been with people, particularly on their first jump? I've to date, I've only done about 40 tandem skydives, so I haven't had anybody any bodily ev evacuations yet, if you will. But I have many friends who I jump with that have landed and covered in vomit and they go, I had a puker. <laughs> I had a puker. Because some people, some people lose it a little bit. They can't handle the spins under the parachute and they end up yakking. But um, I do enjoy the people that are really scared when they start. And I enjoy being, I'm kind of a calming person. I have kind of a calming voice. And I like to kind of tell people it's going to be all right. I'm like, look, I want to go home to my wife. I want to go home to my dog. I've got a job to do. I got to be on the radio tomorrow morning. <laughs> We're going to make it out of this. It's fun to feel them go from very anxious and scared to excited to exhilarated when they land. And just they have that feeling like they could accomplish anything. They could conquer the world. And I love helping people conquer their fears because it's something that not everybody can do. And to say that you've jumped from an airplane and landed, and when you land and you see the airplane then landing on the the runway and you're not in it, <laughs> it's a crazy yeah. feeling. It's a great feeling of accomplishment. So I love that the most. That that was the word that came to mind to me the most was exhilaration. Yeah. Because, the, I mean, there has to be, I don't know what other activity would give you that level of feeling when you realize you're a couple miles up in the sky and you're going to control what happens to you from that point. Well, they say skydiving is the most fun you can have with your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a radio bit. So I've heard. Yes. That sounds like an Eric joke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're one and the same. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay. So if people want to skydive, I didn't plan, I didn't plan on plug opportunities, but yeah. what the heck. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you skydive at East Troy. And what, what is the name of it? Is it yes. Milwaukee? Yeah, Skydive Milwaukee. Skydive Milwaukee Troy. is the formal name of it. Okay. And uh, so if people wanted to do a jump, uh, shout out what's their what's their site or their number yeah. or whatever. Uh, we're skydivemilwaukee.com. Uh, I'm partial to them because that's where I jump. I'm an instructor mm -hmm. there. But really any skydiving zone that you go to, be it in Wisconsin or anywhere else, I would recommend that you make sure they're a USPA drop zone, like the United States Parachute Association knows about them and they're a member. So you mm -hmm. know that they are following rules and protocols. There's gear needs to be maintained. There's a certain degree of safety that still needs to be upheld. And most, I would say 99% of skydiving drop zones do. There are some rogue ones out there that just do whatever they want. So I would make sure that the, a USPA drop zone is where you go. So there's tons of them in Wisconsin. There's Skydive Midwest. There's one in um, Wisconsin Skydiving Center. There's one up in La Crosse. There's one up in Green Bay. They're all over Wisconsin. They're all mostly small clubs, and they jump out of small Cessna airplanes. But making sure that they're a USPA drop zone, looking up the reviews, I would recommend all of that before you go. But, but like I said, most of them are very safe, and they take safety very seriously. So, so you've never had a situation where you had friends prank you and just put wads of newspaper in the main chute. <laughs> That sounds terrifying. Nope. Although the haven't. reverse was going to work. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is for an adrenaline junkie labeled episode, uh -huh. this conversation would actually make my mother feel better. It seems it like it would comfort it absolutely her. Absolutely. It would. It yeah. does. This, it comforted me, honestly. So well, that's good. why not? <laughs> Out of the three of you, which one of you have done a skydive before? Any of you? 
I've done a bungee jump. That's it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I've done that. I've never done skydiving. No, mm-hmm. no I, my brother, actually, I think he's only a couple of jumps away from getting his, like, certification mm. status for it. So I've always wanted to really? go. And then that's where, again, my mom, like, freaks out. So I'm, I want to sh- play her this episode and say, no, see, it's calming. It's soothing. <laughs> it's safe. Yes. <laughs> this will be good. Yeah, it's perfect. my it's it's what I do for my mental health for my self care. It's there you go. I, I look forward to spring and summer and fall. <laughs> yeah, that's true because jumping season is just around the corner, which is what made this good timing. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. Well, well, Andy, this has been great. Yeah, and if if you want to stick with us for some of these other activities, please do. Sure. All no right. Problem. So we've talked about skydiving, which is both an adrenaline rush and relaxing at the same time. Apparently that we found, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about some of these other, uh, adrenaline junkie activities. Uh, and let's start with tossing axes around. That has become so mm-hmm. That's the big thing now. popular. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't even know how or when or why, but I feel like, th- I feel like going somewhere to do ax throwing is now as common as if you were like, I'm going to go to a bar and play darts or something. Well, a lot of bars, yeah, they're specifically ax throwing places. And I don't think they existed 15 years ago. No, I think probably it's Probably did very... at Ren Fairs, but. Uh, oh, perhaps, perhaps, yes. There you go. <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're <laughs> the loaning. The Renaissance Fair? Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were loaning money. To someone to open a bar. What's going to happen in this bar? Well, <laughs> people are going to get drunk and then they're going to throw axes. Yeah. Yeah, never. <laughs> I actually don't. I don't think you're allowed to have. I don't think you're allowed to do active drinking and then throw axes. Oh. I think you, I, I want to say for safety, you have to throw the axes and then you can go drink. I think. Mm, I think I've had a beer oh. before and then. But All right, never mind. <laughs> you have to stay at a certain level. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. But, you yeah. have to be cognizant. It, it is a fun time. It is very safe. I mean, you're in a specific, like, caged off area throwing at a single wooden target. Mm-hmm. But I'm still amazed there haven't been more accidents. <laughs> I mean. I mean. <laughs> okay. You know, go in with four yeah. limbs, come out with, you know. Okay. I don't know that we have a specific recommendation for this just because there are so many axe throwing places now. Yeah. But so definitely just look up you know, X throwing near me or whatever your city is and mm-hmm. find that one out. Cause yeah, that's a, that's a new hot topic. Mm-hmm. So apparently I think, I think that's more dangerous than skydiving now based on our talk with Riggs here. Pretty, yeah. Maybe. So. Uh, we also have <laughs> I've heard of people that put up pictures. They, they put pictures of their enemies on the ax target. Oh and then yeah. They throw the axes at there. <laughs> that will help you faces. focus. Fuel it with rage. Actually that brings, brings up something that wasn't on this list, but right alongside of that are the rooms where you can just go rent, rent it and smash old technology oh, and stuff yeah. like that. I've heard of rage them putting rooms, pic- rage rooms, rage rooms, rage yeah. rooms. <laughs> um, you can just like rent out and it's all like recycled stuff that they don't care if you just break like crazy and you can put up pictures if you want to throw like glasses at a certain person or something. They even have printers you can break like office space. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would be my, probably my choice. One PC load letter and I let it have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I just too sensitive that like on the one hand it sounds fun, on the other hand I would be horrified to learn that like someone put my picture in a like a rage room? Very scary. Okay. <laughs> Dave, we like, shouldn't tell her about that little oh, meeting yeah. we had the other day. <laughs> Our private company meeting. <laughs> oh my god. I'm too sensitive for that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do we got? We okay. got Well, you talked about bungee jumping. Dave, tell us mm-hmm. about your experience doing that. Oh, it was uh I don't know that I'm proud to call it bungee jumping. It was kind of one of those theme park ones ah. where it's like j- essentially just a crane that okay. is built and then you jump off and land mm-hmm. in the uh it, it wasn't a very like cool scenic spot, but um <laughs> it, yeah. 
the the idea was there. It was okay. fun. Okay. So yeah, when you the, the most terrifying part of bungee jumping isn't the initial fall because you know you're attached to a cord. The terrifying uh-huh. part is when you get launched back upwards. Yeah. And, and there's no pull. It's just chaos. And you don't know what's happening at that point. <laughs> you're you're falling upward. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. I feel like that would hurt my head. <laughs> it hurts sometimes, yeah. It hurts yeah. Sometimes. I feel like bungee jumping, if if something went wrong bungee jumping, it would be a very deliberate like bam, 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 bam type of situation. Yeah. That's, yeah, my, they, that's my fear. Yeah, you really don't want to make sure it's too long of a cord. <laughs> smack on the ground four, five, six, seven times. You know, oh, okay. God. Okay. But so anyway, similar. If, if anyone is interested in that description, you can try bungee jumping at Devil's Lake. That would be pretty. Oh, yeah. That would be really pretty. Yeah. Uh, so similar to bungee jumping, but less uh, protection of cords and harnesses. You can also just go cliff jumping, which I think is definitely something for people who are they like a little bit more risk because there's nothing helping and protecting you there. I do know some people will do this in Door County, much more mild than I think if you did it somewhere. And is this water? jumping into, into water? or yes. Okay. Yeah. Not like base jumping. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Which base jumping we talked about with... Dylan and Jack from Boondock Nation, which was back, gosh, what was that, episode 86? God, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. that was last September, I think. But uh, no cliff jumping, yes, that's into water, so you have to be a very good swimmer. But also there's no, yeah, there's no harnesses, there's no extra protection there. So I think that one's actually a little riskier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got? Well, uh, whitewater rafting was next on the list, and I can speak to that to an extent because we actually did an episode in Marinette County that involved whitewater rafting. Mm -hmm. Now, Wisconsin isn't necessarily known for rushing rapids of waters, but there are some. Mm -hmm. And the Menominee River in particular, which is right on the Wisconsin-UP border, has some Class 3 and 4 rapids. Yeah. And we went with Wildman Adventure Resort on that. And I had never been whitewater rafting in my life, but these are, and these are some mm-hmm. pretty hefty uh, rapids and then some falls. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something, it is, that's pretty darn exhilarating too. Well, yeah. And, and now is the right time for it. Like, this is when the rapids are. With the are, snow melt, yeah. yeah the water's really cold right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's mm-hmm. melted snow. We went the first weekend of October when the water temperature was like 70 degrees. Mm. So it was not, it was wonderful. And so I knew even if we fell out of that thing, we were just going to get wet and it wasn't going to be super cold. The The dangerous part is you don't want to fall out and hit rocks. Yeah. And there were some really rocky sections on this. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, if, if there's a lot of you and it's balanced, there's, I think there were eight of us in these inflatable rafts. Mm. And our, our instructors were saying, no matter what happens, just keep, keep paddling. Yep. Keep paddling. Paddle through whatever you have. It's kind of like when you're on a slippery road and you're driving. Keep, keep going. Don't make mm-hmm. any rash moves. Don't stop. Just ride, yeah. it, ride it through. Yeah. And if you just keep paddling straight, we got into some pickles at times, but we made it through every time. And the exhilaration you feel after that is quite, it's similar in the skydiving sense where you're, you're taking on nature and you're conquering it and you made it through a challenge mm-hmm. and it feels so good when you're done with that. And, uh, we have, a lot of us had GoPros strapped to us. And so the, the footage afterwards was pretty sweet to see, but what's really terrifying is that halfway when you're going down, it flips and you're going backwards Yep. <laughs> and you have to paddle backwards and you're like, where are we going? I can't <laughs> even see where we're headed. So, but it's, it's a very good time and it's, mm-hmm. uh, as long as you have 
a lot of people with you and a good instructor, you mm-hmm. can you can you can rock those rivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Menominee, Peshtigo, and the Wolf Rivers are good places. I think also for that. the Wisconsin River, right? Uh, you can do the Wisconsin River too. I'm just not sure where the best spots along it are. Okay. Yeah. I know there are some dangerous spots to the Wisconsin River, so oh, maybe yeah. definitely hmm. check that one out. Uh, another one that I actually think is quite popular also nowadays is zip lining. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. its cousin, slacklining. What's slacklining? That one is more, I think that you can set it up yourself. So you would set it up between, like, I, I know actually some guys in college who used to love doing this. They would set it up in between two trees, kind of like a hammock. But so you walk across like a rope, like a tightrope. So, but a lot of people would do it over like two cliffs, like w- instead of a bridge, like they will slackline it. So zip lining, you're hanging from a cable yeah. and, and zooming and along. Going, yes. Slacklining, you're on top of it? Slacklining, Slack you're walking is in. like so the it's like high wire walking. of yes. 90s college yes. guys. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that is a great way to do it. But yes, zip lining and slacklining. Um, has anyone been hang gliding? No, I was uh-uh. going to ask Andy if he had done that because that's kind of that like weightless feeling as well. I have not. I've no. rode in a biplane before. That's about the closest thing I ever got to. Now I've never, never done any sort of hang gliding before. No wing uh, walking uh-uh. on the biplane. <laughs> no, I have friends that have done the wing walking though. Wow, <laughs> really? Mm. That would be yeah. adrenaline. There's like two places in the country that'll do it because you don't have. You're just like tied to the a string on the airplane and you climb up on top and it flips upside down. No thanks. Wow. No. Oh, Not without a parachute. <laughs> that is crazy. I want to say, if I my memory's holding correctly, there's like a intro to the Discover Wisconsin episodes, and I want to say there's a shot of Mariah hang gliding. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Mariah yeah. hang glided in Whitewater, and I think in that episode they said it was the only place in Wisconsin that you can do hang gliding. I'm not mm. sure if that's still the case, but okay. um, I know that. Yeah, they'll they'll take you up and you get this beautiful view of Walworth County and the countryside is your uh, I guess you can get up to like 50 miles an hour when you're banking really hard, but it still feels very smooth (laughs) and um, not very aggressive. So, yeah, it's something that I would love to check out. Well, I mean, and bring it back to Andy and skydiving for a quick second. Do you know how fast you're going when you're in free fall? How many miles an hour that is? Uh, belly to earth, about 120 miles an hour. Head down, maybe 210, 220. <laughs> wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. There's okay. also something called angle flying where you're head down, but you're kind of angled and you can go, I know friends that have gone like 240, 250. <sighs> Crazy. You know, Jeez. that would rip the contacts right out of your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> Holy bananas. Yeah, it would. It <laughs> Uh, one thing I have done, which is also, so I can attest is truly very calming and relaxing and really cool is parasailing. Mm. Uh, there's one little spot in Ephraim that's really great. Cause you just kind of go all around like the coast of Door County. And, and that's where the boat's going and you're yeah. up in a, in a, yeah. So you're also strapped to a parachute. It's just, you're going a very different direction yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than when you're skydiving. Yeah. Cause it'll just like really slowly, nicely, like take you up and then you're just kind of like just hanging out in the air looking down at everything for a while and then eventually like just yep they just float you right back down just it's a gradual up and time. down huh? mm-hmm. okay. yeah yeah also very peaceful very calm um I, i'm not sure where else in the state you can maybe do it but i know the one spot in ephraim is really fantastic for it cool excellent speaking of getting airborne near the water uh has anyone gone flyboarding 
No, no, what is that? That is the when you're attached to a watercraft with the long hose, and it's essentially oh. like a jetpack. It's shooting out your feet, and you're yeah. going in the air. I didn't know that's what that was called. Yeah, okay. It comes out of the the board that you're standing on, yeah. so you have to kind of maintain balance. And that uh, seems to me to be the hardest part. Yeah, if you lose the balance, you're really flying mm-hmm. off in a direction you don't want to go yeah Mm -hmm. so i I don't know where where else you can do that but i do know you can uh check that out in madison there's a there's a place that does flyboarding i think i saw that in milwaukee off Mm. the lake kind of near veterans park and mckinley park but i think it was a like a special deal sure that they're not there all the time but yeah anywhere there's a huge body of water Mm -hmm. you could Mm -hmm. get that done yeah Mm. nice let's do one more each Sure. sure okay ski jumping Eric. Yeah, this is something I would never do because I'm I, I crash on the bunny hill when I go skiing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, there are some really cool ski jumps you can see here in the state. Actually, the highest and largest in the country is up in the UP. But there's a couple of good ones here in Wisconsin. Uh, one is the Snowflake Ski and Jump Club, which is in Westby, Wisconsin, which is kind of right near 27 and US 14, where they. Uh, a little bit east of lacrosse, basically. Heart of the Driftless area, and down in this little valley is where this club is, and every winter they have a tournament with the ski jump. And you can see that ski jump for miles around. And it's called the Westby Jump, but it's the Snowflake Ski and Jump Club. Hmm. Uh, and not too far away in Eau Claire, just southwest of Eau Claire, it's near the Chippewa River, uh, just southwest of I-94, and you can see it from the interstate, too, is the Silvermine Ski Jump, which is another one. You can you can drive up right by it, and there's this, kind of this big open area. There's a ridge and a clearing, and that's where the jump is. So you can see it any time of year. And, uh, you know, in both cases, I mean, you're, you're going really fast on that jump, and you're in the air pretty high. I mean, when you watched the Olympics and saw that, it's pretty similar to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're up way high, and that would be a terrifying experience for me. <laughs> is it also next to a big old steel mill that looks like a nuclear power plant? <laughs> not not these two, but uh, yeah, I know exactly oh, what no. you were talking about with the with the Olympics we just saw. That's got to be even more unnerving. <laughs> yeah. Flying through the air, you're like, do I breathe in? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then there's another one in uh, far west Waukesha County. In fact, it might be technically Jefferson County uh, in Exonia, right next to Oconomowoc, uh, a little bit north of Highway 16. There's a ski slide road and if you go up that road off a little side street it's harder to find there's more trees around it and everything but there is an old ski jump there that they still use once in a while and they it has been used in the past to prepare for olympic winter ski jumps Mm. so those are just three here in the state but if you're interested in jumping uh, i would highly suggest the snowflake ski and jump club in westby and the silver mine group in the eau claire area certainly an adrenaline jumper Mm -hmm. dave Well, since Andy mentioned biplanes, you can actually take tours on biplanes out of Middleton. I know they will also take their planes around the state to different locations, but I think I saw that you can pretty reliably get tours out of Middleton that will, it's like an hour tour. They'll take you over Devil's Lake in this open cockpit plane. Um, Wow for a really cool view of Devil's Lake from the sky. Um, mm. That seems, I, it it's probably feels more safe than some of the other stuff on here. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're feeling the wind rush, I'm guessing the, the mm-hmm. heights get to you a little bit. Oh, sure it would. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. I think the last one to end on makes me feel like I'm in middle school again and it is paintballing. Do people still paintball? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah? I was an airsofter in high school. Oh, I never did you? paintball. Hmm. But you were an airsofter? Yeah. Airsoft guns. It was it was yeah. like the, oh, okay. the little plastic pellets instead yeah. of paintballs. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I w- I grew up 
very close to a great spot to do paintballing, which is uh, Commando Paintball in Little Swamico. Oh, is that the one where you're not supposed to wear any underbritches? You got to go Commando? Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) See, this is where radio people go right away. I was like, I wasn't aware of that rule. We've got a locker for your underwear. Get rid of them. Okay. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) But anyway, that's the largest uh, paintball course in Wisconsin, and it's got, like, multi-story buildings that you can play on, and there's referees and everything. It's pretty cool. It kind of sounds like laser tag, but with paintball. Yep. To it's which, I mean, laser tag. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a fun, a fun mini adrenaline adventure. I did paintball with mm-hmm. Wildman, too. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Although, I'll tell you, because you've got protection on your front and back, not always on your sides. Mm-hmm. They shot me three times point blank in the side for the camera. <laughs> oh, And no. that hurt. <laughs> not going to lie. But it is exciting. Yeah. Paintball oh is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, honestly, this was an exciting list. I think we went through a lot of different uh, activities for someone who needs a little uh, jolt of excitement. Yeah. yeah. Andy, do you have any extra activities that you like to do for the adrenaline? I've just done crazy skydiving stuff, like jumping out of hot air balloons, helicopters. Cool. The biplane that I jumped out of, they took me up to 3,000 feet and flipped it upside down and just dumped me out. (laughs) Oh, jeez. That was fun. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that's pretty cool. That is. All right, so there's a lot of variations on skydiving so we can all aspire (laughs) to. (laughs) That's about as exciting as I get, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I, oh I don't do, really do motorcycles I guess could maybe be another one you could maybe talk about I, I, I consider yeah. motorcycles an adrenaline sport kind of sure. because it's just you and the road mm-hmm. that's true that's and, the, and the big truck near you that you hope behaves yeah. <laughs> I'd rather skydive than like do dangerous things on a motorcycle yeah <laughs> thanks totally fair. me too, uh, me too. <laughs> well Riggs thanks so much for uh, for joining us today I, when we were talking about this thing I'm no like problem. I know just who to reach out to <laughs> me too so Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. And check them out, Riggs and Alley, 103.7 KISS FM. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I See, one. I knew he would tell us so much cool stuff about skydiving. Yeah. That was a lot of, like, Just factual right kind of stuff, with. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great. But I really now... liked the sound of his microphone. <laughs> you Selfishly. would say that. Some audio too. engineer, right? <laughs> Do you know what's also fun in your microphone? Your favorite sound effect. The sound of a jolly good can opening on three, two, one. Nice. Well, the initial opening was totally in sync. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so that was good. Um, can I, I know there's always a part of me that's like so nervous now of it, like exploding Ooh. back at me. Oh, yeah. But can we Super talk about. Super orange. Woo. This is orange. And I feel, Eric, I don't know that you'll appreciate this reference with me, but Dave, when you look at orange soda, do you just think of Keenan and Kel? Yep. <gasps> yes. He had. S- oh, I can't. Oh, okay. Thank you for knowing that reference with me. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Anyway, so. What are you kids talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what was Nickelodeon or yeah. whatever, something? Mm-hmm. Um, ridiculous that that one guy's been on SNL ever since. What a long career he's had yeah. on that show. <laughs> Anywho, okay. Orange soda and any other delicious junk I'm rocking flavors. a grape over here. This is delicious. I Well, I'm very excited that you are rocking a grape, and we'll talk about that later, but. All of these delicious flavors are available in 6 and 12 packs in Festival Foods, Woodman, Sendix, Piggly Wiggly, Triggs, and Quality Foods. If you can't find Jolly Good at your local store, 
you have to go up to the manager be like, you know, I need more jolly good in my life. I need to feel the Keenan and Kel joy of the 90s. <laughs> I need <laughs> some grape soda. I need all these things. Um, and it'll happen. It's also available in a diet line, which is caffeine-free. We zero cannot ca- guarantee that it'll happen. I can't guarantee <laughs> that it'll happen. But like, we if can't enough- speak for those Susan managers. Susan speaks with quite a bit of confidence <laughs> yeah. on this. Okay, because if you say anything with enough confidence, people will be like, okay, yep. I should probably do that then. Fair enough. And if enough people do it, then... Okay. 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 Anyway, the diet line is caffeine-free, zero calories, zero carbs, zero sugar, which is exactly the way I prefer my Jolly Good sodas. Eric, I know you do mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, they all make great mixers and flavors and just honestly a soda on its own. So make sure that you stay up to date on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jolly Good Soda for all of their fun promotions. And we're also talking Jefferson County here, which is a lot of fun, right? Wedged in between mm-hmm. Milwaukee and Madison, where outdoor recreation meets small town living. Uh, they also call it the heart of the heartland. Mm-hmm. It's a conglomeration, if you will, of historic yet up and coming towns, all interconnected through parks and trail systems that really go in every corner of the county. And there's routes for all ages and all seasons, plenty of adventure. Motorcycling is great on the Jefferson County roads because there's just a lot of remote and county highways you can do, but there's a lot of major roads that make it easy to get to and from. Uh, if motorcycling's not your thing, there's a lot of other great things you can check out. Motorsports related, you can rent things at uh, so many places, uh, ATVs, UTVs, and more, at uh, and snowmobiles too in the winter, uh, especially in Johnson Creek. And of course, uh, Jefferson Speedway has some great events. You can go check out a drive-in movie at the Highway 18 Outdoor Theater. It's going to be time for outdoor movies soon glacial drumlin trail a great spot to take your bike it runs all the way east west across the county you can check out some frosty freeze ice cream along the way maybe duck over to fort atkinson check out dairy history with jones dairy farm of course the rock river which ones runs through which ones through boy that's (laughs) tough huh (laughs) runs through from watertown through jefferson through fort atkinson over to lake koshkanong it's great for paddling dock your boat get some grub at heron's landing right off the water and uh, a lot of great fishing and boating on lake koshkanong too uh and of course the days are getting longer those sunsets are just getting more beautiful and uh, if you want to bring the dog jefferson county dog park groom trails and corth county park are two places you will not want to miss out on so whatever you're looking for jefferson county has it let's go behind the scenes I'm so glad that you danced to that, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that little stare. Get a little bop. It's good. I'm learning we, some new moves. I like it. Yeah, we yeah the chair had... dance. <laughs> Move your hands back and forth. <laughs> Keep your arms rested at your sides. <laughs> <laughs> we have not done a behind the scenes with Discover Wisconsin in a hot minute, you guys. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. Well, we are very excited to welcome one of our producers, Bryce. I think this is your first time in the cabin, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I have oh not been on the cabin. Been here two years and you all won't have me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're changing that today because you were the producer on an upcoming episode, which is a special on our friends with Focus on Energy, correct? That is right. Yeah, we did an extra special episode of Discover Wisconsin, all focused on energy savings. Which mm. is very exciting. I Can you give us an overview of the episode and also... I, this clearly differs from our traditional tourism-themed episode. So how did this come about, and why is it so different from a regular episode? Yeah, we're in partnership. Uh, this is a co-branded piece. We're working with Focus on Energy directly to uh, tell Wisconsin citizens about ways that they could save energy both at home or in their businesses. And this could be a project as small as changing light bulbs or insulating your home better to make your air conditioner heating units more efficient. 
or it could be as large as um, designing a stadium and incorporating energy savings from the blueprint level uh, mm. on upward. So you get into a lot of details on a lot of things. Yeah, it's a pretty involved episode. It was a challenge for us to uh, whittle all the information that needed to get in uh, <laughs> down to uh, something that any of us could understand. That does sound like a content-heavy episode, so mm -hmm. definitely making it layman's terms, I'm sure. Yeah, we had an entire series of digital shorts focused on this, and mm. that's the launching point of where this episode came from. Uh, from the digital series, uh, we tried to put out an episode and bring some new content to the plate for that episode as well. Mm -hmm. What was the most stark or surprising fact that you learned when it came to you know energy savings, especially in Wisconsin? Uh, for me, it was definitely the power of the insulation in your home uh, yeah. and sealing the air in your home. Uh, we went out with one of the trade allies from Focus on Energy, and they showed us how they actually seal a house with this like plastic red door in the front of a house. Yeah. And they use infrared cameras to see airflow moving through. And so mm -hmm. if you were accurately sealed or well sealed, then your insulation is going to do the best job. You're not getting any hot or cold air coming in from outside and mm -hmm. your air conditioner or heater uh, doesn't have to work as hard, uh, therefore saving energy. Yeah, yeah. And you don't and want your dad it. saying, am I heating the whole darn neighborhood? <laughs> oh, man. And you're not. <laughs> Was there anything particularly from the behind the scenes standpoint, we always love to know, is there like a funny or quirky something that happened during the filming of the episode? Yeah, we like to keep things a little chaotic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, most recently for this episode, we brought our hosts back. The hosts from the digital short series were Alex Worley and Josh Casey. Mm -hmm. And we, it's, you know, the middle of winter in Wisconsin, and we thought it would be really nice to go outside <laughs> and do a little <laughs> filming on the frozen lake at Tenney Park. And so we uh, had set up a beautiful shot with the bridge in the background, and we were going to have the hosts introduce us to this whole topic and recap the series for us a little bit. And when we got there, uh, we realized that we were, were some competing programs on site, and there was other filming going on at the exact same time, coincidentally, oh, wow. um, as when we were there. So we very quickly um, and expertly <laughs> uh, created a backup plan, and we ended up going across to the... What is it? The Tenny Locks. Or, yeah, it's yeah. a little pier. It's part of uh, Tenny Locks just uh, across oh, the, locks the road are really there. Cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're great. Connecting Lakes Mendota and Monona here in our capital city. You got it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty windy, though, I imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dave, I believe you had to personally deal with some of that wind and the yeah. lovely geese that are on site in that location <laughs> oh, yeah. as well. Um, yeah, some geese <laughs> didn't get the, uh, the memo that winter was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they were supposed to fly south, but they were, they were all camped out right there next to the locks. Well, hopefully, uh, they were insulating themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think their feathers do a pretty good job at that. <laughs> Maybe we can harness this technology. Oh, <laughs> feather, feather your house. Yeah. They should go. Yeah, they should definitely add that to the Focus on Energy the uh, lineup focus of on the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, this is fantastic. Eric, where can people watch this episode? Well, first and foremost, you can watch the exclusive early debut on the Discover Wisconsin app. We like giving you little extras when you download the app. Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll air on the app before it hits your local broadcast station. Uh, you can download the Discover Wisconsin app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Just search Discover Wisconsin. That's real easy. And uh, that'll start on March 9th. And and then after the episode premieres on TV, your local broadcast channel, you can stream it anytime on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Chromecast, Android TV, Smart TV, and <laughs> the Discover Wisconsin YouTube channel. It is getting long. <laughs> and it will be on uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin as usual, Saturday, March 12th, 10 a.m., 
or check your local listings. Can you start saying that list as fast as I run through the credits? Oh, like when Mariah and I were doing the promos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Chromecast, Android TV, Smart TV, and on the Discover Wisconsin YouTube channel. Hello. Yes. Already. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Well, thank you, Bryce, for being here and <laughs> sharing some insight on the episode. We're excited to see it. Yeah, be sure to check it out. It's an interesting one. Very helpful review of the week this week comes from Freaky Fritz. (laughs) And the title is just, It's a Purple Cow. And uh, you were mentioning that it's great that I have a grape jolly good right here. He writes, (laughs) Hey, cabin crew, you were wondering about grape pop and vanilla ice cream. It's a purple cow, a favorite growing up. Well, thanks for the help, Freaky Fritz. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense because Coke is, what, a a black cow? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Now we got a purple cow. Yeah. So oh, now no, I know cow. what to order at, fact of... at a soda shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A soda shop. Yeah. Was it the 1920s? You know, yeah. All these but like with the two with the to. two P's and the E. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The soda shop. The shoppy. soda shop. <laughs> you took your gal down there. All right. <laughs> well, make sure you join us next week because we're going to do a deep dive. Not dive out of an airplane into the air. <laughs> we're going to dive into an iconic Wisconsin city right on Lake Michigan. Manitowoc is next week. And as we get ready to wrap up, I want to remind you of this message from the All of Us Research Program. The All of Us Research Program is asking for people to help researchers make healthcare more precise by creating individualized prevention and treatment options. When you join, you'll share your unique health information and become part of the largest and most diverse medical research program ever. The more data researchers have, the more they'll be able to create better care for all of us. Introducing the next breakthrough in medicine, you. Details at joinallofus.org slash discoverwi. Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by Eric Paulson, Dave Janis, and me, Susan Foch, with guest host Andy Riggs. Produced by me and Audio Dave with video editing by River Sparks and social media by me and Courtney Haas. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover Media Works. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com and don't forget to leave us that review. And here's this week's installment of Know Your Wisconsin. Lake Winnebago was one of two places where non-tribal citizens are allowed to spear sturgeon during a brief season. People saw holes into the ice, set up their shanties, and then placed their decoys in order to entice a sturgeon to come past it so that the fishermen can then launch their spears into the water in order to capture one of these enormous fish. If they do spear a fish, they then have to wrestle the sturgeon ashore. We spoke to David Boyarski with the DNR to tell us more about sturgeon and this unique event. They're really ancient fish. They're around here since the dinosaurs, so over 150 million years ago. Uh, most fish are not that old. In Lake Winnebago, we're lucky here. Um, our rivers, the Fox and the Wolf River, uh, there's long stretches of undammed stretches that they can reach their spawning grounds and spawn. Uh, and then also, early on, people recognize the specialness of Winnebago, and they put protective measures on the sturgeon here. So they controlled harvest a long, long time ago. The state uh, actually shut down the season in the 1900s for about 15 years. And the recent season has only opened up since 1932. And that's why we have the species and, and the population today around here. That's why we can have the harvest we can on this system. That's why we have such a large population and it's healthy. Spearfishing for uh, sturgeon is, is a pretty big deal out here. And it's, it's a really a community cultural experience. Uh, a lot of people enjoy it and a lot of people get excited about it. 
uh, it's more like hunting fish than actually fishing for them because you're actively pursuing that sturgeon. I mean, some people have been waiting 10, 15, 20 years to get this fish, and they're excited when they, when they get their fish. Ice shacks break, they're dragging the fish out on the ice, they're screaming, you know, all this sort of stories. And, and it's just, it just always neat to hear those stories and people having a good time. And now you know you're Wisconsin.